This sermon, a cosmic Christmas announcement, was preached on December 25th, 2022, by Pastor Derek Overstreet of Southern Grace Church, Tucson. To the Gospel of Luke, if you don't have a Bible, there may be one in front of you under the chair. This morning, we're going to be looking at Luke 2, and we're going to be dropping right into the middle of Luke's... uh, story of the birth of Christ. We're going to be looking specifically at verses 10 through 14, and we love to read God's Word here at Sovereign, or we love to read God's Word, and we love to stand as we read it as well, just to set apart uh, the reading, the public reading of His Word. So would you stand with me? I'm sure you are familiar with uh, this passage, no doubt, uh, perhaps you've read it this morning already in your own home, um, but I'm going to limit us to verses 10 through 14. Obviously, the context is the birth of Christ, uh, shepherds in the field watching their flock, and then suddenly, what we're about to read happens. Verse 10, and the angel said, To them is the shepherds. Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of a great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling cloths and lying in a manger. And suddenly, there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. You may be seated. Please pray with me. Lord, this morning, on this Christmas morning, we, we come to this, to this story, to this historic moment. What, what we have read, what we are celebrating today is marked in history. It's not a myth. It's real. It happened and while it might, may very well not be new to most of us here, it is true. And so we pray that as we look at this cosmic announcement of your birth, that you would cause it to land on our hearts as if it was new, as if we had heard it for the first time. Lord, have your way in us now as we celebrate the birth of our Savior. In Jesus' name. Amen. Well, I thought it might be fun to begin this morning with some unique baby birth announcements. I don't know how creative you got, but boy, some people really get creative when it comes to telling the world that they just had a baby. Uh, Listen to a few of these. On September 8th, my wife brought baby Jax into the world. I love him more than I have ever loved anything, but if you subbed him out with any baby from the nursery, I honestly would not notice. 
That's the way I was told. I told her, they all look the same when they're first born. Chris and Terry would like to introduce the world to little Ethan. Ethan is a bundle of joy who is a carbon copy of Terry, his father. So we would love any tips on how to get rid of a baby goatee. <laughs> These are real, by the way, I think. Welcome to the world, little Sam. Mom and baby just survived the most traumatic event of their lives thus far, so for some reason, dad is recovering. <laughs> we are so pleased to introduce you to our little miracle, Emma. One look in her eyes, and we truly knew we have never been more in debt. I am so proud to announce that early this morning, Jada gave birth to a healthy little boy. And we know that every new parent thinks this, but we honestly believed he would be cuter. <laughs> I don't know how you informed the world about your newborn baby. Maybe it was as unique and funny as those we just read but I'm pretty sure of this this morning. However you announced your baby, I'm sure that it didn't involve an angelic choir. But then again, as we come to the birth of Christ, as we come to Luke's retelling, we know that this is no mere birth announcement. Because as we will discover this morning in it, we discover our true hope and our ultimate purpose. In fact, that, that's, that's what I want to draw your attention to this morning in the time that we have. In this cosmic birth announcement, we find our true hope and we find our ultimate purpose, not only as human beings living in this world, but as eternal beings in the presence of God. Notice what Luke says in verse 10. He, he says, And the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I'm sure that the instruction, fear not, we can understand that, right? If you, were, if you were laying in your backyard and an angel showed up, you would be terrified. Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of a great joy that will be for all the people. I wonder sometimes if, if, if the shepherds that heard this, did they need some good news? Were they wondering, was their life getting difficult? Perhaps as this angel broke in, they were contemplating, is my life really worth it? Why am I here? Perhaps as this angel broke in and said, I bring you good news they were thinking about being estranged from their family because they chose to be a shepherd. Who knows? What we know is the angel appears and says, I bring you good news of a great joy that will be for all the people. And here it is, for unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. For unto you this day, born this day in the city of David, is a Savior, who is Christ the 
Lord. It's easy to casually read that angelic proclamation, isn't it? It's easy to be familiar with it, but, but this is the first time in Scripture that we see such powerful and consequential terms strung together in reference to Jesus. Notice what verse 11 says there. The angels recognize this baby, Jesus, as the Christ. It's a title, the Christ. It's a title that means this baby born in Bethlehem is the anointed one that we sung about this morning, the promised Messiah, the one who would deliver God's people, the one who would fulfill the promises that we have already seen this Christmas season in Genesis 3 and Isaiah 9 and Isaiah 11. He is the Christ, the promised one. Then... The angel refers to this baby as not only Christ, but Christ the Lord. The title Lord conveys everything that is implied in the Old Testament name of God, Yahweh. In other words, the baby born in Bethlehem is, as we heard last night, God incarnate. He is the shoot, but before he was the shoot, he was the root. It is God in flesh, Emmanuel, mighty God with lowly man. But he goes on, the angel then says, describes this baby as Savior. He is a Savior. And this, this announcement, this birth announcement reminds us that Jesus came to do something. He's a savior. And we'll unpack that in a moment, but for right now, you know what that means? That means this baby is the most relevant person in history because he came to give us exactly what we need. And ultimately, this is the, the good news of the great joy of Christmas that the angels proclaim here, that God himself, the Lord, has become a man to save his people. The one that the, that the priests foreshadowed, the one that the prophets predicted, the one that the people prayed for was none other than God himself in the flesh come to save his people. What a birth announcement. A savior has come. This baby will, will grow up to do what no other human being or the law could ever do. Save people from their sin. Deliver sinners from their sins. Save the spiritually dead from eternal death. You know, you, you may be doing well in life right now. Perhaps you're on a roll. You look back on 2022 and you think, wow, it has been a great year. Or perhaps you look forward to 2023 and you're thinking, the prospects? Yeah, it's looking good for 2023. You may feel like you're doing just fine. 
But Christmas reminds us, this, this cosmic birth announcement reminds us that no one is doing fine. See, the truth is, here's the truth about Christmas. The truth is, is that before the Christmas story is, to use the angel's words, good news of great joy, it is bad news of great grief. Christmas exists because we need a Savior. Christmas exists. God came to us in flesh not because he was bored, not because he wanted to see what life on planet Earth was like, but because there was a big problem with humankind. We need someone to rescue us. Oh, I know. It's a big blow to the ego, especially if you're like me. Tell me I can't do something, and I'm going to go do it. I learned that's discovered that there's something I haven't done. I want to go do it. But it's true. Matthew 121, in Matthew's uh, version of Jesus' birth, says, she will bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people, listen, not from bad politics or social dysfunction. It doesn't say that. It doesn't say that he will save his people from psychological trauma or chronic pain, not from financial ruin or relational disappointments, not from world hunger or climate change. Look what it says. He will save his people from their sins. That's why he came. He's a savior of sinners. And you know, people, we, people will believe everything on the internet that they read. They will believe everything on, on Twitter, <laughs> right? We need to start believing everything the Bible says, amen? And if you want to know what's wrong, here it is. It's right there in print through the power of the Spirit at work in the gifting and the personality and the mind and the heart of Luke. There it is. Sin is the problem. Sin has separated us from God. Sin has put us under the wrath of God. That's a big problem. That's the biggest problem. And it reminds us this Christmas morning that, that our biggest problem is not, it's not your spouse. It's not your health. It's not your circumstance. It's not your boss. It's not your government. It's not, it's not your parents. It's not your pastor. It's you. You are your biggest problem. It's me. It's not even the dragon. Eve's biggest problem in the garden wasn't the serpent. It was her. I am my biggest problem. We are sinners. We are guilty. And when I say we are sinners, it's not that we are just guilty of a few sins. At our very core, we are sinners. We sin because we are sinners. We're not sinners because we sin. There's a difference. <laughs> One says that, that we can make a difference. The other says we're hopeless. We, we are sinners, and each one of us are utterly helpless to save 
ourselves. We need someone outside of us to do what we cannot do. We need a Savior. And that's exactly what the angels proclaim has come in Jesus Christ. I love Ray, Raymond Ortland. He says, why is this world in such a mess? You and I are the problem. Our good intentions are not strong enough to control our evil impulses. We need a Savior to rescue us from ourselves. This is the bad news of the great grief that Christmas brings, but the good news of the great joy of Christmas is that this baby here in Luke 2 is God incarnate, and he has come to make things right. I love what J.C. Riley says uh, in regard to uh, the coming of Christ. The spiritual darkness which had covered the earth for 4,000 years was about to be rolled away. The way to pardon and peace with God was about to be thrown open to all mankind. The head of Satan was about to be bruised. Liberty was about to be proclaimed to the captives and recovering of sight to the blind. The mighty truth was about to be proclaimed that God could be just and yet, for Christ's sake, justify the ungodly. Salvation was no longer to be seen through types and figures but openly and face to face. The knowledge of God was no longer to be confined to the Jews, but to be offered to the whole Gentile world. The days of heathenism were numbered. The first stone of God's kingdom was about to be set up. If this was, was not good tidings, there were never tidings that deserved the name. Christmas is about our hope finally coming to be made right with God, to have peace with God. And that's what we see next in this cosmic announcement. Our hope has come in this baby boy, Jesus, just as promised, and our purpose is revealed. Notice verse 13. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. Have you ever noticed how often you see this very message in the marketplace? You see the message peace on earth and goodwill towards men. It's on cards. It's on public displays. It's in songs that we hear over the radio in this special season. It's everywhere. But have you noticed how seldom you see the other part of this song? Glory to God in the highest. You see, plenty of peace and goodwill on earth to men, but rarely do you see glory to God in the highest. It's called Christmas propaganda, <laughs> right? I'm going to tell you this, but I'm going to leave out that. The angels got it right here. Christmas begins with God's glory, not man's good, which incidentally are ultimately connected. <laughs> the glory of God is the highest good of mankind. 
But the angels begin with glory to God in the highest. John Piper defines God's glory as the public display of his infinite beauty and worth. I love that. The glory of God is the public display of his infinite beauty and worth. We see it in the smallest flower, don't we? We see it in the vastest universe. We see it in the highest mountain. And we see his glory in the Imago Dei. You and I created in his image. It's why we respect one another and we hate abortion. His image in us. We see his glory in so many ways, but nothing reveals his glory more than the riches of his grace, the depths of his mercy, and the boundless nature of his love that is shown right here through this baby boy, Jesus, who would reveal God's glory as he hung on a cross, absorbing his father's wrath for our sins. Nothing reveals the glory of God like this baby boy who's reconciling life will bring eternal spiritual peace to sinners who put their faith in Jesus. I, I, I really do believe that, that peace is the deepest longing of the human spirit. We, 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 we long for peace. We, something is wrong, and we feel it. The great preacher in Ecclesiastes says that God has set eternity in the hearts of men. We know that there's something more than this life. We long for it. The scriptures say that, that our conscience tells us that something is wrong in this life. We know something's wrong. We, we feel it, and yet we get up every morning and we turn to so many different things to put that feeling down. <laughs> Work, alcohol, drugs, leisure, wh- wh- whatever, it might, whatever it might be. The point is that, that we know something is wrong. We, we, we are in turmoil internally. That's why we why we war with ourselves and we war with one another. Then Christmas. <laughs> this baby, the one Isaiah 9 calls the Prince of Peace, fulfills our greatest longing. Not, by, not just by bringing peace to us, but by becoming our peace. Our peace with God. That's what that's the peace that is spoken of here by these angels. Jesus, 
brings peace to us. He, he becomes our peace by condescending into our world, by living and dying on a cross for our sins, so that by faith in him, God's peace, his goodwill, his divine favor, his pleasure may rest upon us in an unceasing, undiminishing manner. This peace that the angels proclaim here at the birth of Jesus, it transcends time. It transcends human relationships. It transcends national hostilities. It's, it's not a peace that can be that, that, that is captured in a ceasefire between Russia and Ukraine or between Republicans and Democrats. It's not a peace that, that is found in the absence of personal trials or culture wars. The Christmas peace, the peace that this baby would become for us is an eternal inward tranquility that comes from knowing that in this boy, our dread of death, our fear of God's wrath, because we are sinners, is gone. The Savior has come. And by faith, Scripture says, we are saved by him. By faith in him. We are saved unto God himself. And that means that the praises of the angel become ours. Glory to God in the highest. These Christmas, this Christmas proclamation becomes our lifelong pursuit. It's what we were created for. You're wondering why you're here? It's why you are here. It's your purpose. And in this baby, your purpose is revealed to be redeemed by the blood of this baby and to have your existence. That means to have your, your motivations, your affections, your thoughts, your words, your behavior increasingly by God's grace inclined upward for the praise of another and not the praise of self. That is the highest meaning of life. Nothing glorifies God more than his son, our Savior, being brought so low that we who were so low could be brought high with him, as it says in Ephesians 2, seated in the heavenlies to the praise of his glory. That's the Christmas story. A Savior has come that God might be glorified by all those he saves. And you'll notice the angels are responding to the birth of Jesus, and we are called to respond as well. So if you are here this morning and you, you do not know Jesus, I would just say to, to anyone, however young or old you are, 
to my non-Christian friend, whether you are here or you are watching on in the live stream world. Luke, you know why Luke writes this narrative? He tells us in the first four verses. His entire gospel is written to a friend named Theophilus. And in verse 4, he says, I write these things that you may be certain about Jesus. He's writing this letter so that Theophilus might know that he would have strong faith in Jesus. And this morning, if you are hearing this for the first time, if you're hearing about Jesus for the first time, well, you're hearing it so that you might believe. Not merely so you have something to go think about, but so that you might believe. See, Luke and the, Luke and the rest of the Bible is God's story of saving sinners like you to himself. And this Christmas, you can be a part of that. The Bible says if you would only turn in faith, Trust, believe that Jesus is, our, is your Savior, Christ the Lord. Have faith in who he is and what he did at the cross. He took your sins upon his shoulders and for hours absorbed the unrelenting wrath of God for those sins. That which you deserved. It killed him. He died for you. But the grave could not hold him down. God raised him up on the third day. He appeared to over 500 people. It's in the history books. And he ascended after 50 days. Where he is seated right now. And he says, come. Come to me, all who are heavy laden. Take my yoke, for my yoke is light. Why? Because I have borne it for you. To my fellow Christian, this Christmas, are you weary? Are you discouraged? Do you feel weak in your faith? Well, as you enjoy your Christmas festivities today, Allow them to be a giant, flashing, neon arrow that point you to what J.C. Ryle calls the eternal holiday yet to begin. He says, let all true Christians remember that their best things are yet to come. Let us count it no strange thing if we have sufferings in this present time. It is a season of probation we are yet at school. We are learning patience, long-suffering, gentleness, and meekness, which we could hardly learn if we had our good things now. But there is an eternal holiday yet to begin. For this, let us wait quietly, for it will make amends for all.
Merry Christmas. In fact, friends, this is what makes this Christmas a very merry Christmas. Let's pray.